History Notes. Welcome to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. History Notes reports on the people, places, monuments, and events that have shaped our society. Sometimes we examine what has occurred long ago, and at times we look at history happening now. Grab a pad, a pen, or a digital device and get engaged with History Notes. Hello and welcome back. We are with our History Notes podcast from the Greensboro History Museum. And today we are talking to Rosemary Kennerly. Hi. Hi, how are you? I am so good. Thank you for having me. Good. And Rosemary, we know that you are a very longtime resident of Greensboro. Yes. A problem. I, I probably should. Am I, I, I can say, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care about age. Age no. doesn't matter. But I've lived here most of my 46 years. This is outstanding. Mm-hmm. But of course, we are biased. But that is outstanding. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Glad yeah. to be back. And knowing that you're a longtime resident in Greensboro, and this is kind of the home that you've made for yourself, which other cities have you essentially found yourself in? So I so grew up here in Greensboro and then went through all the Guilford County schools, graduated from Northwest Guilford and went to UNC Chapel Hill mm-hmm. Journalism School. Loved it. And then I kind of started looking for a job. And at the t- that time, I was a TV journalist. And at that time, it meant filling my car with VHS tapes mm-hmm. and driving around trying to get an interview with people. Oh, boy. And so I went, I decided I wanted to be in the Southeast and I preferably a coastal town. So I went up and down the East Coast, basically from Virginia to Florida. And my first job I got was in Savannah, Georgia oh. and lived there for about a year and a half. And that was a very interesting place, fun, lots of learning, lots of mistakes. It was a good place to make lots of mistakes. And then I got a job in Wilmington, and that was a lot of fun. I was so happy to come back to North Carolina, be on the coast. I've always loved the Wilmington area and got to anchor the Good Morning Carolina for the ABC affiliate in Wilmington, which was a ton of fun. And then came back to Greensboro in 2002. Both my husband and I got jobs at the same time, and he was in banking and me in television, so it worked out perfectly. Awesome. And it sounds like you you were really gunning for the coast with those towns. I did. I, lo- I love the coast. I, I, I cannot lie. It is, it is where I, I, I find quiet and happiness and, you know, water. I love it. The North Carolina beaches are not to be missed, even though, again, we are very biased towards Greensboro, <laughs> directly in the center of oh. the state. And I mean, how did you enjoy both the towns? Is there something particular that you really loved about each of them? Uh, you know, I, I loved in Savannah, so much history in Savannah. And, and it was just unique. I mean, I lived there at, at a, a really interesting time because they had just finished filming the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, oh. which, of course, is set there based on a true story. They ended up having the movie premiere in downtown Savannah. All kinds of hoopla around that, you know, red mm-hmm. carpet. And there were a number of real life people who were in the book who also were in the movie. And they didn't play themselves necessarily. Sometimes they played other people. But it was just, it was really neat to be a part of that and to watch that happen and to, to see the similarities, to watch the real transcripts and videos from the mm-hmm. actual trial, to mm-hmm. seeing it on the big screen and the similarities. So that was a ton of fun. That is such a wonderful experience to have. And were you were you ever interested in being in the movies too as a media? Well, or? Funny, there, 
Not me personally, but I, we were around it a lot. In fact, our main anchor in Savannah was in a number of movies oh when I was there. She was in Forrest Gump. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was the reporter who said, there's a man named Forrest Gump running across America. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, that was her. Natalie was her name. And she did a couple other movies when we were down there. So she was. it was fun to watch her go through that. That was never a passion of mine. But I always say I can act like a mom or a TV news reporter because that's the only things that I've done. <laughs> you know, I hear there's openings for that. And so what kind of got you into being really focused on the journalistic aspect of media? You know, I love to tell stories and I am genuinely curious about people and things and how things are made and how things work and how people work and how people come to decisions and why they do things. And so for me, it felt natural. I'm a natural inquisitive person. Nosy is another word for that, but that's the not as nice word. So we'll go with inquisitive. Yes. And so it, it just felt like a good fit for me. That's absolutely wonderful. And is there anybody who kind of, I don't know, influenced you to go in that route? Well, my dad is a public speaker, has been a public speaker in his business, his line of work, financial services. And he traveled the world doing that. So I saw him on stage a lot and was so good at that. And in both my parents are very community minded. I've always been very involved in, in Greensboro and involved with their university. They both went to East Carolina University. Oh. And wherever they were, they've just have tried to make an impact on that. And so I, I got kind of a little piece of both of that. And I felt like journalism kind of led me to do something for the community and also to do that public speaking and really connect with people. And in your opinion, is that what really makes a good journalist? I think listening mm. is number one. And, and I think that really is it. Listening and being fair to the story, you know, taking it in, seeing all the things and then telling the story as you see it and, mm -hmm. and, and as it is told to you. That's what I think makes a good journalist. Is there anything else that you think kind of makes a journalist successful? Well, I mean, successful now, right, is it's different than, than maybe yeah. what makes them good, in my opinion. I mean, success can mean a lot of things, That's whether it's popularity or hits or shares or likes and that kind of a thing. But when somebody says to me, the greatest compliment they can give to me is, wow, that you told my story so well, that's exactly how I feel, or that's exactly what I was going through, or what I thought, or why I was doing this, and better than I could even put into words. That really is meaningful to me when they can say that. That is, that's a beautiful thing to say that is your favorite thing. Mm -hmm. um, and when you were at WFMY and you were there for 10 years, 10 years, <laughs> yeah, did you feel like you were getting a lot of those stories? Yeah, I did. I feel like the morning show really lends itself to that. A little bit more breathing room, a little bit more connection with people. I mean, people are inviting you into their bedrooms a lot of times because they're waking up in the morning and, you know, they're, they see you right there. So it's kind of a personal relationship and you're really talking with people mm -hmm. instead of talking to them. You're not mm -hmm. announcing. It's not the announcer kind of a thing. It's, it's a conversation. And so I think that it has that breathing room to tell some more stories, to do those interviews that are a little bit longer, that take a little bit more time, that give people a chance to breathe and to think and to laugh and cry. 
Is there any particular experience in that t- those 10 years that you feel re- you really got that just really great journalistic little kernel, like <laughs> the perfect story for a morning show? Well, goodness, I don't, I don't know. I'll tell you my favorite, probably. My favorite story actually was a very personal one because mm-hmm. I did a story uh, about bus drivers. Oh. And I did a story with my Guilford County Schools bus driver who drove the bus for me for, well, I think, I can't remember how long she drove the bus, but all through school, she drove my bus. And we lived on a street that at the end of the street had a a, a cul-de-sac, a turnaround. Mm -hmm. So she would drive by our house and she would beep her horn, you know, 7.15 in the morning, beep, beep. And we would be sitting and eating breakfast. We'd hear that, my brother and I, and we would run out. And so by the time she turned around in the cul-de-sac and got back, we were out there waiting for her by the street. Her name is Miss Mac, Mm -hmm. and she drove bus the the same bus until she retired and just had such an impact on so many children's lives and she was just a wonderful woman is a wonderful woman and she gave me a card actually when I graduated kindergarten and I had saved it mm-hmm. and so when I did this story about her and and her she was one of the longest tenured bus drivers in the system I had saved that card and I pulled it out and showed it to her and she just couldn't believe it. So that was, that for me was the most special story. That is so sweet. And which elementary school did you go to? I went to Summerfield Elementary. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. And fortunately, Summerfield Elementary still exists. I know. (laughs) And I also went to Laughlin Primary, and that is not there anymore. No, it's a training center. It was a a beautiful building. I bet it was. Okay, I think right here we will stop and we will come back in just a moment. And I will ask uh, Rosemary Plybon about her experience since WFMY. Great. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. To learn more about this podcast and many more, visit our website at www.greensborohistory.org. Now let's listen in to History Notes. Welcome back. I am Katherine Johns, one of the education assistants at the Greensboro History Museum. Please remember to visit the Greensboro History Museum when you get a chance. We are located at 130 Summit Avenue, and of course, we are always free to the public. I am here with Rosemary Plyman, and we are about to ask her about what happened after WFMY. <laughs> well, so when I was at WFMY, I had four children. <laughs> In case you didn't notice my changing waistline when I was on television <laughs> a little bit. But so when my fourth child was born in 2012, I didn't go back and decided to be home with them for a while and do some different things and started to work. I worked at my church for a while, which was a ton of fun. I worked there a number of years. And then I started working for the city of Greensboro Mm -hmm. in their communications department Mm -hmm. and have been had the chance to continue telling stories on my own time um, and really focus on good news stories uh, about people and businesses events, community, just really things that I'm passionate about and, mm-hmm. and, and stories that, you know, I've always wanted to be able to tell and that maybe don't have a place in the traditional news, capital yeah. N news, but are definitely worthy and, and people who whose stories deserve to be told. That's outstanding. And then you've also worked with the Enrichment Fund. So, yes. So I'm on a couple of boards. Yes. The Enrichment Fund for Guilford County Schools mm-hmm. is um, a big joy of mine. We do teacher grants, teacher mini grants, and field trip grants for students to go on field trips. We haven't 
been able to do many of those the past couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> teacher creativity is going through the roof because they've had to. Mm-hmm. And, and they are stepping up in lots of cool ways. We just gave out another round of grants. Oh, and it's a ton of fun to see what they come up with to inspire students to think outside the box and to do new things. Are you excited because field trips are kind of coming back? And I am. I'm actually chaperoning one next week with my middle schoolers. Maybe they're not so happy that I'm the one going, but I am thrilled. <laughs> they will live, as we all do, with parent chaperones. <laughs> um, and then you also are on the board of the Children's Museum? Yes, yes. So the Children's Museum is is a big passion of mine, of course, with little ones. And I actually chaired the gala that in 20. 20- Oh, it might have been 2012. I can't remember if it was 2012. It was 2013, I guess, because I had a little baby still right after I left uh, WFMY. That was, I started to work on that and then joined the board. And so it's just been a labor of love to mm-hmm. work with them and to, my kids feel like it's their, their personal playground, their backyard, <laughs> because we're there so much. And I love the learning and the play and the growth that happens there. And, and, you know, I think it's interesting. I say a lot that my my middle schoolers still love to go and climb on the big truck and sit in the fire truck. They don't necessarily want to ne- sit next to a two-year-old doing the same thing, <laughs> but they still, all the things there are still enriching for them too. Very, very enriching, mm-hmm. I think. And what else do you think is so important about continuing to serve the community at large? One of the things I love about being out of kind of traditional media is that I felt like is that I can I can be more involved in things. Sure. You know, time was an, an issue, of course, but also just trying to kind of keep balance and in life and 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 not give too much of myself to to an outside organization or be influenced, I guess, in some ways, trying to trying to keep a little bit of journalistic integrity and separation there when I was in traditional media. And so that was one of the things that I loved about being able about the other side of yeah. that, that I could really dive in and see a change. Mm-hmm. And I love Greensboro. I love this community. And I love to see things happening and, mm-hmm. and see transformation. And and I love the way it feels. We have all these big city amenities in, in the small town feel. And you yes. can you see people you know all the time and it's walkable. and But yet you can see, go to great museums mm-hmm. and great theater and music mm-hmm. and food. And it's just so, I mean, I think being involved with that just makes me feel good. It's just. That is such a very heartwarming answer, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that there was kind of a difficulty keeping yourself separated from some stories that might want to influence you one way or another. What was the most difficult story that you had to cover? You know, that I knew you were going to ask that question and I didn't. I don't really know. I mean, I, I thought about it a lot and. I think every story you go into, well, anytime you do, you do a good story, you feel really good about it. You wonder, can I ever do that again? You know, can I ever write something this good? Will I ever get video this compelling or have someone sit such a, you know, inspiring person to talk with again? And then you do the next day you do or a week later you do. And so every story brought with it unique challenges Mm -hmm. and, you know, some tug at your heartstrings more, some you have to do more research on and said so they're just, you know, hard on your brain. Some are hard on your heart, right? Ed, but all of them, you want to just do justice by justice by the person. You want to tell the story in in the most meaningful and true way. Mm-hmm. And so 
I can't put my finger on a hardest one or most difficult one. I wish I could. I, I will say, I will say one that, um, I, 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 actually, I probably can. Sorry. See, I'm just, I just thought of, I didn't think of it, but I've yeah. thought of this one a lot recently because I interviewed Janet Danahay, who set fire to the Campus Walk apartment buildings in 2002, and she was in prison. And there was a lot of difficult things about that. You know, I also interviewed the families of, of, of those who were lost in the fire. And it it was difficult, one, just from a journalistic aspect, to get that interview. I, I wrote letters to the prison and to, to her and to her attorney and at the time faxed them. Mm-hmm. Every single day for about six months, oh I smashed a letter um, asking it to be considered to do an interview. And so, and then talking with her, there were a lot of mixed emotions, I think, in the community of me doing that, whether it was the right thing to give her that stage at the time. And I took that to heart. That was hard. And it was hard to sit across from a person who was not much, I mean, who's just a little younger than me, who you knew had done such a terrible thing and was facing such a difficult life and had and made so many other lives so difficult because of her decisions. So that, I think that one probably still, you know, difficult at the time, difficult, difficult now. Did you, did you personally get some really difficult responses from that? Yes, yes. I mean, no one, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of negative towards me. And I didn't take it that way. If, if, if there was, maybe there was, and I didn't take it that way if it was, because sure. I know that people, there was just so much emotion yeah. wrapped up in that and still to this day. And that, but yeah, I mean, you know, there were, there were people who wished I hadn't done it, who wished I hadn't done the story. And there were people who were glad I did. And sometimes it surprised you who thought one thing and they wouldn't necessarily be the people you would think. Do you think that for you as a woman, because this is Women's History Month mm-hmm. and that is what we are talking mm-hmm. about, do you think you as a woman were you were able to cover that story a little bit better because you related to her or she related to you maybe a little bit better? Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. I I probably didn't think about it that way at the time, but I think I think so. I mean, I think just thinking, you know, just her trying to look into who she was when she committed the crime and who she was when I talked to her. And then, of course, she's a different person now. I mean, that's been a long 20 years. So I think we all like to think that we've changed a lot in 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that, yes, most difficult for sure. And a lot of emotions tied up in that. Absolutely. And I was kind of going through with that that's kind of why it's so important to have women in the media. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a different angle from that story than somebody else, no matter what their gender is. Is that, do you hope to see even more women kind of in media positions in the future? Most definitely. And, and love to see even more women in more manager manager positions. You know, the one of the general managers I worked for at WFMY was Deborah Hooper, who's now, of course, with the Chamber of Commerce. And yes. she's a wonderful manager. And I've worked with wonderful men who are managers as well. But, you know, there are not as many women in leadership positions in media as I would like to see. And I, mm. think, I think that's a place that media could grow. Absolutely. Okay. Much, much easier question. Okay, good. And, well, I, and I think I know the answer to this question, too. But I'll ask it. 
What is your greatest joy? Oh, my family, mm. for sure. Yes. So much, you know, this, this, the last two years have, have reminded me even more. I mean, they, my kids were at a really good age. If you, if you had to be one for us to all be quarantined together, mm-hmm. uh, they can take care of themselves. They can read, they can operate in you know, technology sometimes better than me, but they still like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I've been trying to take full advantage of that and to spend this extra time with mm-hmm. them. I'll never get it back. And, oh. you know, I've thought about it. I was thinking about it today and. While I am, am so grateful and thankful that we are moving out of this, there's a lot to appreciate about the time that I had. And, and while this will be a heavy time yes. to, to remember, there will be, be moments of, of joy that I see too, just the time that I got to spend with them. Well, that's a very, really, really positive way of looking at it. And, and I, think a, I think a lot of other people might actually feel the same way. Okay. Surprise question. Uh, who has the better seafood, Wilmington or <laughs> Well, anybody who knows me knows I don't eat a lot of seafood. So there's that, that uh, surprise right back to you. Yes. Uh, but I'm, of course, I want to go with Wilmington, North Carolina. Yes. That is the correct answer. I- and last, Rosemary, please tell us, where can we catch you? Oh, well, thanks for asking. So I hope you will check us out, GTN Greensboro Television Network. You can find us on AT&T Spectrum. You can also search for us on uh, Greensboro Television Network. We have a Roku channel, so check us out there. That's the easiest way. We're on YouTube, the City of Greensboro's website streaming. If you walk into a city building to pay your bill, look up and you might see me there. (laughs) That's one of the greatest little like add-ins I think you could possibly get for yourself. I'm in all of the city buildings. Occasionally. Yes. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Rosemary, for joining us today. And thank you so much for all the time that you dedicate to giving voices to those stories. Thank you. It's really nice to spend some time with you today. I appreciate it. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. Just as you visited for this podcast, continue to go to www.greensborohistory.org and select the Discover and Learn tab to listen again or learn more about many other subjects. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please stop by the museum when you can. We're located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. Hours vary, so visit our website or call 336-373-2043 for details. Once again, thank you and keep tuning in to History Notes.